0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Daff Shui, Weekly Daff. Give me 40 minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daff or so. Today is, uh, as we're recording this, it's the day after um, July 4th, or two days after July 4th, actually. It's the day after Isrichag, July 4th. It's July 6th. And uh, I can't think of a better way to mark Independence Day than with Langston Hughes' great poem, Let America Be America Again. So I'm going to please indulge me for the next three minutes or so. Let America be America again, by Langston Hughes. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain, seeking a home where he himself is free. America never was America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. It never was America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath. But opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor, white, fooled and pushed apart. I am the negro bearing slavery's scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and finding only the same old stupid plan of of dog-eat-dog-of-mighty-crush-the-weak. I am the young man full of strength and hope, tangled in that ancient, endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab-the-land, of grab-the-gold, of grab-the-ways-of-satisfying-need, of work-the-men, of of take-the-pay, of owning everything for one's own greed." I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker sold to the machine. I am the Negro servant to you all. I am the people, humble, hungry, mean. Hungry yet today, despite the dream. Beaten yet today, O oh, pioneers. I am the man who never got ahead. The poorest worker bartered through the years. Yes, I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream in the old world while still a serf of kings, who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring's sings. In every brick and stone, in every furrow turn, that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what I meant to be my home. For I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore, and Poland's plain, and England's grassy lee, And torn from black Africa's strand, I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Who said the free? Not me. Surely not me. The millions on relief today? The millions shot down when we strike? The millions who have nothing for our pay? For all the dreams we've dreamed, for all the songs we've sung, and all the hopes we've held, and all the flags we've hung? The millions who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today? Oh, let America be America again! The land that never has been yet, and yet must be. The land where every man is free, the land that's mine, the poor man's, Indians, Negroes, me, who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, whose hand at the foundry, whose plow in the rain must bring our mighty dream again. Sure, call me any ugly name you choose, the steel of freedom does not stain From those who live like leeches on the people's lives, we must take back our land again. America! Oh, yes, I say it plain. America never was America to me. And yet, I swear this oath, America will be. Out of the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of graft and stealth and lies, we, the people, must redeem the land, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains, and the endless plain. All. All all the stretch of these great green states and make America again. Again, again that was Langston Hughes. Let America be America again. Um, there's going to be, I'll put a link to that in the notes to today's podcast. Okay, so let's get to it. We are on Ayan Amund Aleph, 70A in the layout that was first published and popularized by the widow and brothers, Ram. Lo, these 150 years ago. ba third line down, last word on the line in the Ram edition. ba Rab Acha, of Hunamir, So we're again, just to bring us back, we are commenting, or the Gemara is commenting, continuing to discuss the Mishnah, and the Mishnah in which it talked about when you sell a field, what do you sell along with it? One who sells a field sells all the things. But then it goes at the end and says, and this is the important part, in any event, neither the grafted carob nor the sycamore trunk. There's more there. But that's what we're going to be talking about, so that when you sell the field, no matter what you say, Right? In any event, you don't sell the sale. The sale does not include the grafted carob because it is at a point where it is not just a part of the field. It is something in and of itself, nor the sycamore trunk, which is also an independent thing because it is there and is ready to be made into lumber. So it is about that that our Gemara is going to, going to comment and question. So, Babylonian another Babylonian So, what happens if you say apart from this specific carob or apart from this specific sycamore trunk? What's the halacha then? Right. In other words, so if you say so, the the question is in the Mishnah. It says that you that the the grafted carob and the sycamore trunk are not sold. But let's say when you sell it, you say that's not sold. So what can we take away from that? What's the implication of the fact that I sell you a field in which you obviously know that you're not going to get the carob or the sycamore and yet I say that you're not going to get the carob or the sycamore. So Rav Acha Barhuna continues to say, do we say and helps us out Kani helps us Kani. So do we say that it's only that carob which is not sold, but the rest of the carobs are sold? Oh Dilma, or perhaps none of the carobs are sold. Amar lokana or lokani. So Rav Sheesh had said, no, he doesn't sell any of them. All right now, Eightve, Okay, so the Gemara goes on and asks the question, challenges us with a with a different text. Chutz miharav ploni, chutz sadan ploni, lokana. If you sell a field and you say this excludes grafted carob tree X or sycamore trunk X, so it is not sold. My love, what does that mean? Does that mean that when it says lo kana, that you don't? He doesn't buy that specific that the sycamore or the carob. My love. What, what's what's going on? Here, that is just that specific tree that he doesn't buy, Hashar but the rest of the Caribs he does buy. Is that what's going on? Nami Even the rest of the Caribs he does buy. Now, there's a Girsa problem here, which is interesting because there are manuscripts that have Lokana. If he says excluding that's this specific carob, this specific sycamore trunk, that carob he does not buy, right? So the Rashbam says we don't use that girsa, which is found in in a number of the manuscripts of Otoharub Lokhani. Why? Because the addition of Otoharub that carob would have made the question stronger and unable to be dismissed by the answer Sharharubim Nami Lokani that the rest of the carobs are not bought, since it explicitly says that carob. Okay, so the Rashbam's understanding of the question is whether the seller says chutzme, meaning except, excluding, about things that would never have been sold anyway, according to the Mishnah, because he wants to strengthen his claim about this specific carob or sycamore trunk, specifically while the others he knows he retains and he relies on the legal practice, in other words, the, what people do for them to become his, or he makes an exclusive statement, i.e. only this tree. Right, so that's the question, and that that question, if it's based on a version that says oto that specific karab is excluded. So that would have been a problem for saying for coming up with the answer. Right. So so, so he says so the answer is even the other karabs he is also not he also doesn't buy teda, no know that if he said my field is sold to you except for field X that field is not sold but another field is sold but rather it is not sold therefore here too it is not sold, right? So now what's going on here? So this is kind of a problematic, uh, there, there's, there, there are two different gears out with the Elalokani, Lokana, Ahinami Lokana, the, the rather, it is not sold. So what, what, what's the question here? If he said, my field is sold to you except for field X. Now that seems, and the Rosh says that's says, that's, that's idiotic, right? What's going on? Because he says, I'm selling you this field except for this field. But only selling you this field, is not, there's, there is no other field. So, the Rashbam, so there is another another version, but the Rajpaham uses this version. So it is obvious, the Rajpaham says, it's obvious he does not buy a different field. And just because the seller said something stupid, that is, I am selling you this field except for this field, it does not mean that all of a sudden he is selling all his other fields. This transfers to the guy who says, chutz mi instead of the carob, that he is not intending on selling things he didn't mention. He is not intending on selling things that he didn't mention. Just like here, when he says, I am selling you this field except for this field, right? That doesn't mean that he's selling other fields which he's not selling. Now, the other girsa is Ella lidame, hahinami lidame, but rather for its value. When he says, except for this field, pointing to some field, it's the value of that field. And then the question is, that what happens is then we look to see what the value of the field is and see if there's any field left. So the, the Rajbam says that this version of except for the value of the field makes no sense. He is not selling it. Why would he say except for its value? Now, on the other hand, there are a number of Rishonim, starting with uh, the Ramban, Nachmanides. Right, We start now moving from Rajbam in northern France to... Spain, the Ramban, Hachigar Garis Rabbi Hananel, Then he Ramban quotes Rabbi Hananel from North Africa. And it says, and he says, and it says in all the versions. Now that means when Ramban says all the versions, he means all the manuscripts that go back to that he could trace with confidence back to Babylonia. So he says Ela right? It, says, it the gears, the proper gear says, opposed to what the Rashbam says is Ela that when he says, I'm selling you this field except for this field, it means not the field, of course, because that's idiotic, but rather for the money. Clomar, that is, that is that he says to him, the, the seller says to the buyer, I am selling you field X except for the amount of money that the caribs um, that I want to keep for myself. Right. So I'm excluding the amount of money for that carob thats That is that an amount of the field which is equal to the amount of the caribs. So therefore, we see if there is enough left in the field beyond the amount of money that the caribs are worth, Um, and if there is, then the the sale is a good sale, and if not, the sale is invalid. This is what the Ramban says. Now, he says that this is what Rabbeinu Hananel says, who, it, who got this from his teacher and from his teacher's teacher. And this is how we... And this is how, what we have in all the ancient books, meaning manuscripts, and all the books of the gonim. And the one who erases this version of El and puts in the version that we have, El is destroying. So that's basically what he's saying about the Rajbam, because the Rajbam says, get rid of uh, lidame and put in lokana. The Meiri also goes with El lidame, the Gersa. He explains that if the seller didn't have to retain the carob or the sycamore, and yet he explicitly did, it must mean that he is retaining the value of the carob and sycamore on the field. In other words, if he didn't have to retain the carob and sycamore, meaning that it's the mission already says that he gets it but he explicitly retained it. So it must mean that he's retaining the value of the carob uh, and the sycamore in the field, like the Ramban says. The same is true of the field. Since that field was not part of the sale in the first place, he's obviously not retaining that field. Rather, he is retaining the amount of money that that field is worth in the field he's selling. It is then up to us to see if there are if there is still nine cobs worth of the field to sell. Elsewise, the sale is canceled. Okay, so we continue. I- Actually, maybe this machloket that we had, this dispute that we had, or this back and forth that we had between Rav Acha Barhuna and Rav Shesha, there's a different version of it. Bamine Rav Barhuna me Rav Barhuna asked Rav ploni, ploni What happens, actually, if he says, I sell you this field except, of, except for half of the grafted carob, or half of the uh, sycamore trunk. What then is the halacha? Because uh, it's different. It's not that. Perhaps we think that in this case it's different because we know that the carob and the sycamore are excluded from the Mishnah. But what about half the carob sycamore? Right? Shar harubin Vadai lakani. So the rest of the the carobs definitely doesn't acquire them because that's we already have that in the Mishnah. Ha mashis sherbo to haruv kani, but what is left over in that carob he does acquire odilma fil mashis shir to haruv nami kani, or maybe he doesn't acquire even what's left over in that in that carob amalei Lokani. So he says no, he doesn't acquire anything. Rav Shishet said no, still doesn't acquire anything. Just as we had it in the Mishnah, he doesn't acquire anything. Eighth so the Sdam asks chutz mi chazi haruv ploni chutz mi chazi sedan ploni shar haruvin lo If he says, excluding half of this carob, half of this sycamore, the rest of the carob, he is not, the rest of the carob is not, he does not acquire. Okay? My love, why? So what's going on? Is it that the rest of the carobs he doesn't acquire, but this carob itself, or what's left over in this carob, the other half of this carob, he does acquire? Right? So, because he's just excluding half of that carob. Even what he left over in that carib, he doesn't acquire. No, that what he says is that if he had said to him, my field is sold to you, except for this half of this field, it is that is not sold, but the rest of it is sold. Ahinami Lokani. But rather it is not sold, and here too it is not sold. And again we have the same variant readings that that he's talking about actually the value of that field or the value the value of that half field or the value of that half sycamore or carob, which is sold or not sold. Okay, so what what's interesting here is that we have most of this, the first b'aita, which is cited in the Eitve, which might be a b'aita or might not, and the second is not, we don't have in any other place. It's not in Tosefta. it's not any place in the Mishnah, the Chutzmi Charuv Plone, Chutzmi Plone. But the Chutzmi Chatzicharuv Plone, except for Hex, including half of this Karab or half of this Sycamore, we do have in our Tosefta, Tosefta Bavabatra, in in the third chapter, which corresponds to our fourth chapter Mishnah, Machalokol <ha'ilhanot> if he sold him all of the trees chutz mi haruv murkav shemakom ploni except for this half carob the half of this grafted carob in this specific place half of this sycamore trunk in this specific place and the rest of the carobs are not sold and the rest of the, of the sycamores are not sold right so another so the the tosefta is actually going the other way around if he sold all the all the trees so then he sells so it says ushar kolahervin seems to imply that the rest of the car is sold but this one is not sold so we have this in the mishnah but it seems to but in the tosefta but it, the tosefta goes the opposite direction of our sugya in the gemara right and that's the end of that piece this week's podcast is brought to you by Shazam for idolatry do you ever walk down the street and see people doing stuff that's got to be idolatry Have you ever been in one of those conversations where your best friend's new friend is mouthing off about stuff that is so off the wall it's got to be idolatry, but you don't know how to find out? Well, now there's an app for that, Shazam for Idolatry. It's just like Shazam, but for idolatry. points it at the offending person, the action which is an abomination, the political ideology, and the app scans it and tells you on the spot whether it's idolatry or you should just chill out. And if you mention Daph Shui, you get the app free for a month. Just go to www.shazamforidology.com slash You won't regret it. Eternal damnation. We now come to a piece which is very odd. And none of the Rishonim really understand what, what it's doing here. The Rashbam says that it's here only because of the fact that it's, uh, that it, that it, that it has Diane. Eretz Yisrael, later on in the Sugya, and earlier on on this page, on the first Diane Gola, Shmuel and Karna, who are Diane Gola, are at the top of the page, and we have uh, Shmuel and Karna actually called Diane Gola in the continuation of the Sugya, so that's that's the connection. It's unclear to me what actually the connection is, and it could be one of those things that the editor had couple of sugya fragments on his desk and it was sugya fragment day and where can we put this in because this doesn't seem to belong here it seems to belong elsewhere maybe in Bava Metzio where they're talking about this kind of thing and we'll get into what this kind of thing is in a minute Amram, asked it's also interesting it's like everybody's different it's all different players except for Dainé Golan which come up later in a pseudo brighta we have a pseudo brighta if somebody deposits an object with his friend with a deed, a deed, a receipt, gets a receipt for the object, and the person with whom it was deposited, then later says, I returned it. What is the story in that case? Who do we believe? Me amrinan do we say? Migo di de Do say? Since if the person, the, the depositee, the person with whom it was deposited, could have said if he wanted to, it was stolen from me, or something else happened against my will, and and I lost it. So then he, in that case, he's believed hashdenami meheman, right? In other words, so here too, now he is also believed, right? So this is Amigo. Let's go back over what Amigo. Amigo is saying that I have an excuse for why I didn't return the money, or I did return the money, or why the picadone, the object, is not with me anymore. But I could have easily had a better excuse. If I don't go with the better excuse, that proves that the excuse I gave you is not a lie. Okay. So do we say that? In other words, do we say, since he could have had a better excuse by saying that something, an act of God happened— and in that case, he would have been believed. So now, also, we should believe him because he didn't use better excuse. So obviously, he's not lying. Oh, Dilma, or perhaps Amalei shda'ach bi'adi, my boy, or or he could have said, "But I have your deed in my hand, the deed, the receipt that you wrote to me, that that you wrote to me that here I have your object. It's in my hand. And if I would, if you would have given me back the object, you would have gotten the receipt back." Amarle, so Rav Chista answers, Meheman, we believe him." We believe him. So why do we believe him? What about the the claim? Your receipt is in my hand, so therefore you're not believable because if I would have gotten the thing back, I would have given it to you. I would have given you back your receipt. So that was... Rav Amram, coming back at Rav Chista, now Rav Chista says, and according to you, Rav Chista, who wants to say, how could you say that, but I have the receipt in my hand, If I would have said that there was some kind of an act of God, an onus, would you have been able to say, why is my receipt in your hand? In other words, Ruvain deposits a red wagon with Shimon. Shimon gives Ruvain a receipt for it. Ruvain comes back to Shimon and asks for the red wagon. Shimon says, "I gave it back to you." Ruvain says, "So who do we believe? Right? So for, So Rav Amram says, "We believe Shimon, who said, "I gave it back to you." So Rav Amram says, "Why can't Ruvain say, how could you say you gave it back to me? I still have the receipt. And if you would have given it back to me, I would have given you the receipt. So the fact that I have a receipt proves that that you're lying. Now, Rav Amram said that, Rav Chista said, we believe Ruvain, because he could have gone for a better lie, right? He could have gone for a better excuse if he was lying. He could have said, well, uh, act of God. It was struck by lightning. Uh, Something happened. So... Ruvain, so now Rav Amram says back to Evchistha, so why don't you believe, why don't you give any weight to the, I still have the receipt? And the question there is when you say amigo, amigo is a psychological proof, right? It's saying that if somebody would have wanted to lie, they could have lied better. But we also don't say Migo but Edim. We don't say that this Migo claim, that I could have made a better excuse, works when there are witnesses for what you did say. Because you couldn't have made a better excuse because they would have said, no, that's not right. And the receipt here, why doesn't the receipt here work like witnesses? And therefore, we're back to my receipt. Your receipt is in my hands. And therefore, you didn't do it. And you couldn't have said any better thing. My receipt is in your hands. You couldn't have said anything better because of the receipts. The receipt is like witnesses. So now, Rav Chister replies to him, according to what you're saying about the receipt being in his hands. <speaking> in <Hebrew> if he would have said that some act of God happened, could the other guy have then claimed, "But my, but your receipt is in my hand"? No, obviously not. Amarle. <speaking in Hebrew> so then, Rav Amram comes back to himself, self. <speaking in Hebrew> So, at the end of the day, if he would have said some act of God happened, would he not have had to take an oath? So, it was, what are you talking about? So, so therefore, why doesn't he take an oath? So, Rav so Chista says, well, that's what I meant. When I meant, that we believe him, we believe him when he takes an oath. So, therefore, Rav and... Rav Amram, stop, come to the point of that we believe the guy who says, I gave it back to you, because he's going to have to take an oath that he gave it back to him. All right, Lema. So now the stump says, what are we talking about here? Lema the the Let us say that this machloket is about this following tanaitic machloket, tanaitic dispute. Now the problem here is that we're he's going they're gonna introduce a Brighth, which is a ton of Nick text, but it's not a Brighta. They introduce it as a Brighta, but oh my god, it's not a Brighta, it's a fake Brightah, because it's talking about it's the name people who are named in the Brighth are not our Amoraim or Talmudic sages, not Mishnahic sages. So it's unclear to me what's going on here, why that is. Just one of the anomalies, one of the many anomalies in this little anomalous piece, which comes in the middle of nowhere. Ditanya. So let us say that it is that this that they are disputing about the following dispute, Ditanya, as it says in a Breita, In quotes, because in parentheses, it's not a Brayta. If you put out a, a or a star kiss, literally a pocket contract, which goes out on the orphans. Now what does that mean? Goes out in other words that you have somebody has a claim. So Ruven goes in with Shimon in an investment deal, in in what's called an ISCA. So let's jump ahead in order to go back. An ISCA is where a person, an ISCA is like a deal. An ISCA is where a person gives another person money in order for it not to be a loan, and in order for it not to be a loan with interest, the money must be an investment. So half of the money is given as a loan and half as a deposit. The receiver of the money can invest it or do business with it, Doesn't make a difference. And at the end of the time, he splits the profits with the investor who also receives his original money back. If the investor of the money loses the principal in an investment, that is not through negligence, then the investor gets nothing back and the receiver of the money is not liable. The other half of the money is considered a loan for which the recipient of the loan is liable in any case. All right? So Ruvain gave Shimon money, which he now wants back from Shimon's children. Now, the question is, we're only talking about half of the money. Half of the money you get back, right? Ruvain has to take an oath to retrieve the money in any event because you can't, can only claim money from orphans with an oath. That's Mishnahic law. But the question is, can he get both the half of the money that was a loan and the half of the money that was a deposit? This is where it gets interesting. So Ruvain gives money to Shimon to invest for half the profit. Shimon dies, then Ruvain produces the contract, demands the money from the orphans. Dayanei Gola Amri, Kula. So the Diane Gola, the the and that's supposed that's apparently Karna and Shmuel, as they're identified in Sanhedrin. So they say that Ruvain can take an oath and collect the whole thing, both the loan half of the money and the deposit half of the money. Eretz Yisrael, Amri, mechta. and the Dayanim of from the land of Israel. Who's apparently Rav Asi and Rav Ami? They say that you take an oath that Reuben has to take an oath, and then he can collect only half the money, not the deposit half of the money. Udakuli alma and everybody agrees with what the Nardians say. Because what is, what do the Nardians say? The Amri Narda Nardai, the Nardians. What this is what the Nardians say? Hai iska palga malva upaga pikadon. Because when you have an iska, it is half a loan, and half a deposit. Okay, so, first, he has to take an oath. Right? So, going back on the, the, that was the... Let's go back and take it a little slowly. First, why does Ruvain have to take an oath? Because he can only collect money from orphans with an oath. Right? He said that. The original money was given to Shimon as half loan and half deposit in order to do business. If it was just a regular loan, then Ruvain would have just taken an oath that he had not received any of the money back, and he could have collected all of it. He had to take an oath because he was collecting from orphans. However, since it was an iska, a business deal, which was half loan and half deposit, that is why there is a dispute. So the Diane Eretz Yisrael, the Israelite Dayane, say that he has to take an oath and he can collect collect half it, and the Diane Gola say that he takes an oath and he collects all of it, and everybody agrees that And Iska is half loan and half deposit. So now the Stam is saying, so this was brought in to say that this is the machloket that Amram and Chista are machloketing, are disputing about. My love, what are we talking about? Baha Kamipalki, this is what we're talking about. Because one guy says that you can say, what is your deed doing in my hand if I return it to you? And one guy says, you can't say that, right? And that is, the, the, the judges from, from the land of Israel agree with Rav Amram, who says, what is your deed doing in my hand? What, the, what is the receipt doing in my hand if you return the Don? You already returned the deposit. While the, the judges from Gola, the diaspora judges, Shlom, Shmuel and Karna, agree with Rav Chisto, says he, he is believed that he returned the object. And we we, meaning whatever, Din court or whatever, we would make that claim on behalf of Shimon in the name of the orphans that he already returned the object. So that's the dispute between the judges of golan and the Judges of Erdogan, and why the judges of Golas say you can that Rubin takes an oath and collects the whole thing, and the, the judges of Erishel say that Rubain takes an oath and only collects half of it. And that is what actually Rav Amram and Rav Chisda are also arguing about. Shmuel and Karna are, and Rav Amram and Rav Asi are earlier than Rav Amram and Rav Chistas, but the Stam is putting it as if they're the other way around. Nishtahin, nishtahe, that's neither here nor there for this matter. ha um, lo. So then the Stam says, no, dukuli amah edluhud Rav Chisda. Everybody agrees with Rav Chisda that the guy is believed. So that's not what we're talking about. Rather, what's the question? Here's what we're talking about. Here's the dispute. Because one guy says that if he had paid off the loan, right, and there, he would have told his kids, right? And so then they would have come with that claim. And it would have been a claim, a definite claim. And one guy says that he might have told, he might have paid it off and he might have wanted to tell his kids, but the angel of death came first and got him. In other words, he died prematurely. So both Diane Eretisrael and Diane Gola agree with Revchista that he is believed. The question is that Diane Gola, the, the judges of the exile, of the diaspora, hold that the father would have told the son, and then Dayanim from the land of Israel hold that the father might have told the son if he had not died prematurely. All right. Shalach Rav Huna Bar Avin. Huna Bar sent a question to the sages. So one who deposits something with his friend with a receipt, and then the friend says, I return it to you. So the friend is believed. So Rav Huna is just sending a couple of legal decisions. And if you take out this type of a demand, a contract, on the orphans from their father, something that their father was involved in, so then the person who demand makes a demand can take an oath and collect all of it. Tarte? Both of them? If you hold according to Rav Chista, in that he, the depositor, is believed, therefore he does not have to pay back the half that is a deposit. How can you also say that in the case of the yatomim of the orphans the guy can take an oath and collect the deposit from the orphans in addition to the loan half? You just said that you hold with Ragista who say you believe him. He says you believe him. The answer then is that the father, so then the answer is Shannyatam the Ita de pare Amar. The answer is that the father would have told the orphans that he repaid the loan if it actually had been repaid, so therefore you don't believe him because he didn't tell, His sons, Rava, Amar, Hilchita, Nishbava, Rava comes along and says, the halacha actually is not like that. The halacha actually is that he can take an oath and only collect half. Amar, Marzucha, Hilchita, Kedayin, Marzucha then comes along and says, the halacha actually is like the judges of the exile, Shmuel and Karna, who say that you could collect all of it. Amrle Ravino, the Marzutra, Ravino is Marzutra's buddy, says to him, How can you say that? Rava already said that he takes an oath and he collects half of it. Amarlai, Anand, says, I hold that the it's not that I disagree with Rava. I hold that the judges of exile actually also hold that he takes an oath and he collects half. So it's not that I disagree with Rava, it's I disagree with you about what you think that Dayanengola said. And this we had a few daf back. Another case that revolved around the question of attribution, what actually the guy, the, the Tana, was, or the, actually the Amora was supposed to have said. And with this, we come bring our daf to an end, and we're just before the next Mishnah. Thank you for spending this time with me. I want to, as always, thank my amazing producer, Ellie Unger-Sargon, check out his podcast, New Podcast, New Pod Just Fell, on his series with Jeff Helmreich, Four Cubits, on racism and anti-racism. I want to, as always, thank my amazing Chabruta, Charlotte van Robert, and the chief of the communications division for Daf Shui Inc., Shachar cohen who's responsible for the beautiful logo. For You can get in touch with me for whatever reason at the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. My name is Arye Cohen. You can follow me at irmiklat I R M I K L A T on Twitter. Stay well, stay healthy. Once again, bring along a friend. See you next week here in the Baked Madrash in the closet.